Bobby Vaughn, I am your host, The Call to Actions, coming to you live October 13th, 2020, live from Cosmic Reality, every Tuesday from 5 to 6, either you'll be hearing a pre-record or a live session. Either way, you're going to be, going to be getting a new episode every Tuesday, and if you want to subscribe to a Call to Actions podcast so you can listen to it wherever you go, just go to a call to actions.com and you'll see all the different podcatchers that you can uh, subscribe to us on. Or just go to the one that you use already and type in a call to actions. That's a call to actions with an S. And today uh, I'm going to be talking about a, a, an assorted variety of things regarding advanced technology and what lurks beneath. You know, today is, is a, a beautiful day out here. The birds are chirping outside on the surface. But what lurks below? What lurks out of our reach of, of knowledge? Some things that we can't see and what many people don't want us to see are out there lurking in the forms of advanced technologies. It certainly seems that the machine has leverage over some people's minds. And from from taking a step back and observing this, it, it certainly is as if some people are actually receiving direct orders from the products of their own hands. And I'm going to be talking about a few things. I want to read a few things to you that, that I have written in the past. And we'll be um, I'll be making comments on those as I go throughout. And I'll be asking for input uh, from Nancy. Uh, from her um, military background, if there's any type of input that she has. One one thing that that's really interesting are these underground bases, and I think anyone who gets into alternative news or you know the fringe sciences or starts studying the military-industrial complex, one of the first things you're going to start to see is the existence of, of underground structures. Um, most believe these to be under the surface of the, of the earth or the, the, the land. But is it possible that there are subaquatic installations, bases used for nefarious purposes that lurk below the ocean's surface? below the, the ocean's surface. I want to read to you something that I wrote a few years back that I entitled Subaquatic Installations, Bases Used for Nefarious Purposes. When you think of a subsea base, what do you think of? Most would summon a mental image from a film they have viewed. Though these movies paint a picture of a hypothetical futuristic situation, labeling the existence of underwater bases and installations as fiction cannot be further from the truth. The document entitled 
manned undersea structures, the rock site concept, written in October 1966 by the U.S. Naval Ordnance Test Station, admits up front within the first sentence of the document, quote, large undersea installations with a shirt sleeve environment have existed under the continental shelves for many decades. Now remember, this was written in 1966, so factually, large subaquatic installations were being built at least in the 1930s. It's my opinion based on the proof that these installations go back to the 1910s or possibly 1900s. With that said, we're talking about current um, recognizable uh, to the type of technologies that we're familiar with type of undersea bases. Though they probably go back many, many centuries, probably before uh, the current times, probably, they probably go back millennia. Uh, Kimberly, my husband, Kimberly Schultz, she, uh, she had actually acquired a couple of uh, skulls from, that were carved out of a type of uh, extinct coral, according to an, a scientist who, take, who took a look at them. He took a look at them, and he was like, this type of coral doesn't exist anymore. It's been extinct for a long time, for thousands of years. So the skulls that were carved out of this ancient type of coral, they either came from a location deep below the ocean's surface by some type of new, sorry, not new, but some type of civilization that still lurks down there, or they're just that old. And there were civilizations that long ago uh, that lurked below the ocean surface that would carve these skulls. Uh, we we gifted those to a Mayan timekeeper uh, for the reason being we believed he deserved to have those more than us. Uh, more than likely, they were pirated by someone um, a long time ago. Maybe, uh, I know she was, uh, she didn't work with this guy because uh, she knew what his status was. He was a, a Knight Templar. Though he traveled throughout the world and somehow acquired these ancient relics. And we still have a couple of them. But those those uh, coral skulls were, were really, really interesting. Really brilliant. Um, let's see here. So to continue on this, uh, now having proof that these do exist, these beneath the ocean's surface bases, one must wonder what they are being used for. Several possibilities do come to mind. We know that these are being used for mining projects, though below the sea surface would be the ideal cloaking location for a city, a city stocked of food, business, cutting-edge scientific research, leisure, and anything else one can imagine. Having a city buried below the sea floor would ensure optimal secrecy from prying eyes. This would allow for very unethical and inhumane activity, including a slave-style workforce, human trafficking, neuro-cybernetic research and development, trans-species development, etc. 
my opinion here. Um, the last time I checked, there's no type of police force that's enforcing activity that goes on below the ocean's surface. You got? Have you got? Sorry, below the sea floor. Um, I don't think. Uh, I don't think there are any regulatory bodies down there. I mean, we don't even have police force or any type of uh, organized uh, force that even enforces what's going on in our own sewer systems, really, or below the surface of the earth, let alone the uh, the floor of the ocean. With these sites in the hands of corporations and military, these are just examples of the atrocities that could take place there, and they they would opt, optimally be used for this type of this type of conduct. So, rather than looking up here on the surface, yes, there's def, there are definitely some high crimes happening up here on the surface of the land. Maybe we should start looking elsewhere. Like who's brave enough to go into these uh, into these areas and and really really look and see? Of course, these constructs would need some type of transportation system to connect their below-the-sea-floor network. Human and drug trafficking for them is a superb way to gain monetary funding to further their projects. They needed something fast, reliable, and innovative. They received their wish with the RAND Corporation fulfilling it. In August of 1972, the Rand Corporation released the document entitled The Very High Speed Transit System. The alleged purpose of building such a system was to connect cities and very important secret locations. This is ideal for members of government. It gives them a fast way to hide. We know, though, this system was not just implemented via subsurface connecting places like Los Alamos, Dolce, and Denver. This was also used below the ocean floor. Creation of such artificial veins throughout planet Earth will not be tolerated. Sucking the blood of the planet for the profit of mega corporations will feel the wrath of the stake. Working for a shadow government that is a sentient AI malevolence will collapse under its own centuries-old weight. The dawning of the benevolent victory benevolent is victory. here. We are the one that we've been waiting for. Set your intention on defeating this parasitic threat to Earth and all of our inhabitants. Together we are victorious and triumphant. And that's something I very much believe. I wrote that about seven years ago. <laughs> I, I wasn't... Uh, the best writer. Um, I went a, a lot off of uh, my own opinion at the time, based off of what I thought was the truth. But I liked, even at that time, I liked to have uh, documents to back up what I was saying. And in that that and record that that record that uh, proves manned undersea structures. That was 1966. This was below. The ocean's floor, where they had the, these these um, permanent installations installed. I mean, this sounds like something out of Seascape. 
um, or like Atlantis. But this is happening now. It was happening in the in the 60s, and they claim in the the record that it was happening at least in the 1930s. And I would have to say that their workforce wouldn't just clock in just above clock. the ocean surface and then take a, a little shuttle down into the uh, into the base every day they probably had to stay there and stay live there, there for long periods of time uh, it would be really inefficient to just hire a workforce and you know when they clocked out they just like put, got put into some uh, like sea shuttle and was transported back to the surface I think that'd be a breach of security, first of all. Um, it, the, the possibility that that individual would disclose uh, classified details to the public would be extremely high. So, I mean, wouldn't it be in the best interest of military to have a permanent workforce down there? What would be the title of that classified branch of the military? Interesting, interesting to me. Nancy, uh, um, the Rand Corporation. I know you. Uh, you're a military veteran. Are you? Fam you're probably familiar with the Rand Corporation. Um, have you heard about that very high-speed transit system that they had concepted in 1972? No, can't help you out there. Don't know anything about it. Yeah, it's an interesting one because there was a a, a theory that in order to connect these uh, uh, deep underground military bases, like the Dolce, New Mexico base, the Denver airport, um, the underground Los Angeles, that there was some type of underground tube shuttle system, a uh, very high-speed transit system. And from the record, this record in 1972, I'd like to send that, o send that over to you. They're claiming speeds of of over 12,000 miles per hour underground. Uh, to me, that's pretty interesting. I don't think it was past the technology of the time. Um, you know, Rand being one of those you know, leaders of the world, you know, like Bechtel Jacobs. Um, some believe Bechtel Jacobs to be the the king of the world and other worlds as being, uh, you know, the number one, how do I put it? Not military industrial, but like planetary industrial corporation but moving on from there you know it makes me wonder makes me wonder you know going more into the secret projects how you disguise these projects is to keep them hidden away from prying and public eyes uh, you know we move over here to uh, move over here to France there is a, a concept called um, Grow sci-fi, or growing cyber physical uh, cyber physical systems. I'll touch on that just for a second, and I'll, I'll move on to some uh, some other nervous systems, artificial nervous systems of the Earth. The morphogenetic engineering dilemma. In order for a conscious entity to come into being, it must first be intelligently created. In order to create, one must have been taught and or given the option to learn how to create. These facts are quite basic, 
though the created creatures are complex. The product of complex system engineers and scientists obligated to meet the status quo of an inhumane and unhuman agenda. There are many departments within the game, and if you want to call it science, of the complex system known as synthetic life. First, we must know a brief meaning of synthetic life. It is the creation of completely new beings of life, both microscopic life and macroscopic, that are conscious and autonomous, that have the ability to self-reproduce. These completely brand new creatures would need a way to reproduce. We, as humans, reproduce organically with our own bodily functions. All synthetically grown cyber-physical entities would not have this miraculous option at first. They would rely completely on the human element to give birth to them. From there forward, their creators would work tirelessly in developing new sciences that would give the creatures a way to reproduce. So how, so how would they recreate without human assistance? The answer is, the cybernetic abominations would have no choice but to mine and harvest our planet, and possibly others, for the elements to create the materials and chemicals that make up their own anatomy to produce others of their kind. Humans and other natural earth creatures would be a prime choice harvest for their stock. Skin and blood would become the oil exploration of machines. The actual reproduction process would typically take place within a warehouse or an assembly line. Is this the type of future that you want? If you can honestly answer no, then exposing this agenda and all the strands of their web are critical to slowing down and ultimately dissolving their agenda for the future of Earth. You may be looking for factual evidence of these sciences. The evidence is not necessarily tough to find, though knowing where to start can be. Trust me. Morphogenetic engineering. To anyone listening out there, look this up. Go to DuckDuckGo and DuckDuckGo morphogenetic engineering. It's a critical topic. First, we have a look at Project Grow Sci-Fi. And that's spelled G-R-O dash C-Y-P-H-Y. There are various departments involved in, in this project. We have departments of computer, computer sciences, electronics, the University of York in the UK, uh, France, mostly France. That's why I was mentioning France earlier. Um, research groups of biomimetics or um, recreating biology, you know, biomimetics. 
um, Institute of Complex Systems in France, the Sainsbury Laboratory, University of Cambridge, Electrical Engineering, Computer Sciences in Knoxville, USA, of course, Tennessee, Knoxville, Tennessee, LACL University, France, Faculty of Technology, Netherlands, Portland State, Uni Portland State University, it's Department of Electrical and Computer Engineering, Department of Computer and Information Sciences, Norway, University of Strasbourg, France. In their collaborative document entitled, <clears throat> it's, a, it's a document from a, a huge project that's still going on, entitled Gardening Cyber Physical Sip. <laughs> Cyber physical systems. I almost said symptoms. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, gardening cyber physical systems. It states in this position paper, we present Grow Sci Fi, an unconventional computational framework for growing cyber physical systems from computational seeds and gardening the growing systems in order to adapt them to specific needs. That's such a weird one. Such a weird one. I mean, let me let me just uh, let me give you a note, just a little piece of my mind for a second. I mean, if genetically modified seeds, first of all, GMOs weren't bad enough, now we have an international group of scientists working together to grow cyber physical systems from computational seeds and then gardening and growing the systems. So weird. But I mean this is a real this is a real project, dude. This isn't this isn't science fiction. It's interesting. Really interesting to me. Yeah, a guy named uh, Rene Dorsat in uh in France. He's uh I'm not going to try even try to uh, spell out his name right now off the top of my head, but Rene Dorsat, if anybody knows French, knows how to spell that off the top of their head, feel free. Um, grow Sci-Fi is short for growing cyber-physical. Literally, this means growing cybernetic creatures, cyborgs. Among the many creatures, creatures, <laughs> putting the word create back into creatures, <clears throat> they plan to introduce to the natural world skyscrapers that are sprouted from seed then grown into living growing mega buildings and this is just the beginning growing cyber physical symptom <laughs> I said it again it's not symptoms come on Bobby wake up growing cyber physical systems from scratch could pique the curiosity of the most mad scientist into growing cybernetically enhanced human-style beings that could closely resemble the villains of our worst nightmares. Though these are not fictional cartoons, I believe these are on the drawing boards of many. So the whole concept, it, it sounds like it would be really cool to see but we gotta look at the bigger agenda. I mean, it is a genetically modified agenda. 
it would be cool to just grow something from seed. You know, you, you could grow a, a building from seed. What if you could grow a flying saucer from a seed? Just, I mean, if you could grow a cyber-physical system that resembles a skyscraper, then... Hi, Kimberly. <laughs> then, um... I really don't think it's off the drawing board to actually grow some type of uh, of flying craft from a seed. Uh, we know that Bayer Monsanto, Monsanto being a biotech, uh, biology technology corporation, modifying our seeds that we eat, what's going on beneath the surface of Monsanto? They being a biotech corporation. What are their top secret projects? Hmm. Anybody wants to email me up and out at hush.com. That's up and out at hush.com. That'd be great. Be great. I want to hear from you guys. Continuing. The Grow Sci-Fi physical architecture is made up of one, a seed factory, a process for designing specific computational seeds to meet cyber-physical systems requirements. Two, growth engine, providing the computational processes that grow seeds in simulation. And then three, a computational garden, where multiple seeds can be planted and grown in concert, and where a high-level gardener can shape them into complex cyber-physical systems. Definitely these people believe that growing... <laughs> so weird to even say. <laughs> growing architecture and systems. I mean, we, we can... Dude, okay. We're talking about growing architecture? Why don't we just go live... Why don't we just go hollow out some trees? I mean... You know, growing architecture, grow some trees and haul them out and live in those. Okay. Definitely, these people believe that growing architecture and systems is the way of the future. An entire city that is growing and making decisions for the inhabitants is not a stretch into fiction. This is the reality that those manipulated by the, machi by the machine believe they want. There is a huge possibility that they have been completely manipulated by AI and or a malevolent ET race bent on terraforming this planet that has manipulated these scientists in believing that this is all good and for the betterment of the planet. I have an opinion that the shadow government is not a panel of humans. Yet it is quite the opposite. The shadow government is a conscious entity known to us as artificial intelligence. AI gives calculated orders to heads of state and corporations. The heads then deliver the orders to various groups to ensure the original order from AI is met. With these well calculated orders, artificial intelligence attempts to transform planet Earth into a lustrous cyborg that is dominated by computer life. Now let us move on. 
Now in the order f now in order for the world to become completely revolutionized by the machine, the modes of transportation that humans use on a daily basis would have to be completely rethought, redesigned, rebuilt. And there must be a very catchy, trendy way to herd people onto the bandwagon. This would be under the guise of green machines. Mercedes-Benz has introduced a project to do just this. They have initiated the project known as Project Biome. The goal here is to grow cars from seed. The concept is to grow the vehicles from two separate seeds that would inevitably merge into one singular construct. The body of the machines would be harder than steel and as light as plastic once fully mature as well as biodegradable. Do not be fooled by their catchy and glamorous suave. The products discussed about are created from super spliced genetically modified seeds and while supporting and investing one's money into these creations one would be supporting and funding GMO research and development so don't don't give in do not give in on this this one matter <laughs> no matter how, how aesthetically appealing it may seem to be at the head of these creations is greed Stay resistant. Oh, I'm turned to Nancy for a second. Um, have you heard of the Project Biome? I know it's a weird one. I think I had touched. I think I may have um, talked about that on um, on your show a couple years ago. Do you remember that one? Honestly, Bobby, you're just mind bending me right now. <laughs> Can you? All right. I'm hoping that we don't have any echo on it, on the system. Um, Ray, let me know if we do. We're still having troubles, but we're going for this, okay? Um, you're talking about taking and making cars out of seeds. Yeah, yeah. It's an actual real uh, Mercedes-Benz uh, concept project. I mean, it was it was before Kimberly and I even got together that. I had stayed up all night doing research, com you know, computer research, and um, I had come across this this freaking funky, weird project known as Project Biome, uh, Mercedes-Benz, and um, I printed printed out some papers on it, and what, what year was that? It was uh, probably about 2013, so, well, no, nah, probably about 2012. I was a little younger than that, yeah about eight years ago somewhere around there and um, this was at my uh, my friend's place uh, the um, Southern Illinois Weather Observatory and uh, you know he let me stay up all night on his on his computers and uh, printed out some stuff the next morning I showed him this stuff and you know being a, um, a meteorologist and digging into you know all kinds of interesting stuff uh, he looked at it he just shook his head He's older than me. Shook his head. He's like, he's like, no, 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 no. You know, takes a takes takes a wheel out on his chair. He's like, this can't be right. This can't be right. You know that. Um, 
that type of uh, reaction. It was a funny reaction, but I mean, come to find out, yeah, I mean, it's a real concept. And if that was like in the works eight years ago, I wonder how far they've gotten on it on it right now. I mean, I think the real well, what what you what you have is from intelligence standpoint. Okay, you get people talking about things, and they'll even take out theoretical patents on things, and you know it's sort of everybody's kind of talking about something, and then it turns silent. And it's when they start when you start hearing about it again that you know it's real that they made it. It's a, it's a formula for intelligence. So, you know, you know that if something is really getting traction, it's probably going to go silent. When you hear it again, and it'll be years in the future, that's when you know, dang, they got this thing. Because then they start kind of like coming out of the woodwork again. So if they were talking about this eight years ago, uh, I... It was probably that they were talking about it because they already had it. That's that's kind of the take that I take is if they're willing to come out to the public, although they're not going to necessarily like really share it in a public forum with people that, you know, the technology may be here, but we're going to market it to only a select group of people to show them just in case if they're interested in the future whenever we really have gotten it down and this type of technology has social acceptance and of course there's their marketing schemes and social manipulation that goes into making things uh, socially acceptable then like yeah then we'll start uh, we'll unleash it to the public and uh, start selling these things the it, it bugs me that we could see a genetically modified industry like genet you know GMOs you know 5.0 I mean that's I mean this is taking things to a completely different level and you know going back to the the flying saucers I mean we, we know they've been around since the 30s um, there are United States patents uh, for flying saucers there are world patents for flying saucers of different types uh, the US Navy actually has a patent um, from uh, well, that of which the flying saucer is powered by a, a ground-based uh, station that sends electromagnetic beams or pulses up to the craft to power it. So it doesn't have to have its own onboard uh, powering system. It's, it's powered via a ground-based Navy station. And, you know, it's interesting to think about... One of the things that you may or may not be aware of is that after World War II the United States confiscated all of the patents of all of the nations so all of the Germans all of the British all of the French they just they just I can't remember exactly what kind of a dictate they made but they actually confiscated and, and the reason that I know this is because of uh, leader technology they're the ones that the Michael, uh, oh, I can't think of his, what his last name is, but he, he the, the guy that set the CEO, he set up a computer programming system that actually is what's behind Facebook. And when they realized Facebook had stolen their, you know, property, 
they went and took them to court. And this has gone on for years. And what they discovered is that <clears throat> it wasn't Facebook that stole their property. It was the United States government gave it to Facebook. So that's not, and Leader Technologies is huge. They're, they're one of the kingpins of the technological world. McKinnon, I think his name is. And so they, they, they kept going back further and further into history. And he and his group of people uncovered this, this takeover of all the patents. Um, so if, the, if a company like whatever company has it, it's not necessarily that they got it from anybody but the United States Black Deep State. Okay, the secret society, the secret space program, all that that is out there that we know is out there because there's just too much information about it. Um, I want to go back for a second here to the yep. concept of growing a car out of seed. You would think it's biological. What what what's this all about, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, but it reminded me of stories, and I've heard them from different people over. You know, I've been at this for over 50 years. It, you know, that the, the spacecraft from some of the ET technological capabilities, the spacecraft are alive. The interface is uh, not through any kind of mechanical means. The interface is telepathic with the craft itself. Have you ever heard of any of that? Yeah, I've heard. I've heard of that. I was. I was actually thinking about that yesterday. Um, it's interesting that you uh, talk about that because I talk about these. I think about these. I don't talk about them too often. First time I've really even talked about these living structures in a while. Um, is you know growing craft from seed. Um, I mean, then you have a, a living entity, and how would you interface with that? with that craft to make it the best possible uh i'd say there would have to be a it would be like your pet you know you'd you would interface with it directly like your or pet. we'd be like their pets good yeah I mean, because what is it is it ai or is it biological do they have a soul i mean it goes back to that star trek question of data you know is the sentient being even though you know he's he's computer, he's a, an android type, but is he a sentient being? What makes life? Yeah, you get into some really weird questions, but just the technology of it is like, uh, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, I mean, it'll 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 make you take a step back, make you want to go for a walk or something, you know. Um, it's uh, it's it. In my opinion, it's an invasion of our biology, um, in the name of uh, creating new new um, products that are better for our planet. They're not better for our planet. Um, I'm a, I'm gonna move on from that, but that'll give the listener something to think about and maybe look at uh, look at themselves. Um, there's a uh, excuse me. Um, I want to read because I'm read. I want to read to you guys stuff that just didn't really ever get out there too much uh that I, that i had written and uh you know new audience now that we're on board cosmic reality um maybe there are you know maybe are there are some uh some blind individuals out there that are uh you know listening to this stuff you know that that can't that just don't have the um opportunity to read the articles so 
but anyways, I'll cater to, to both the blind and those with their eyes wide open. Um, I entitled this one, I, I didn't mark uh, my, the years or the date of when I wrote this stuff back in the day, but this was, this was about 2014. Um, Resist the Invasion. The new company, Galvani Bioelectronics, wants to implant everyone. The conglomerate that has crept its way into every computer device and every private home in America since 2015, Alphabet Incorporated, has taken the next step towards invading our bodies and minds. With the correct set of eyes, one can see that the machine uses our comfort zones as weaknesses in deploying its invaders. In this example, health and medicine are being utilized to the advantage of the machine's burglary of nature. What nature and natural medicine carry out, the machine is attempting to home in on. Reverse engineer, then overthrow. First, we need to know that as, as of October 2015, there we go, that was the date, Google has become a subsidiary of Alphabet Incorporated. Google, even as a subsidiary, has bought out and absorbed, at the time, 197 companies. Galvani Bioelectronics, Alphabet's life science company, Yes, that is correct. Alphabet's Life Science Company, that was formerly known as Google Life Sciences. Verily, V-E-R-I-L-Y, that's the company, has joined forces with the Med Biopharma Science Corporation, GlaxoSmithKline, to spark the all-new bioelectronic, yes, bioelectronic company known as Galvani Bioelectronics. The company is so new that there is not even a website yet. We have to look into that, see if there is a website for Galvani Bioelectronics nowadays. This was at the time of writing in latter days of 2015, Galvani Bioelectronics. The new company's goal is to install biological and chemical sensing microchips into patients' nerve clusters. This information is then uploaded to Galvani's cloud that gives them, as an owner of the medical implant, live information on the natural biological processes of the human implantee. This information is cataloged and libraried based on the individual's ethnicity and ailment. What this does for the advancement of the machine's knowledge on humans is uncanny and a raping of our natural systems. And flash forward to the current, I'm gonna give you my opinion on that. Cataloging and librarying your implantees based on their ethnicity and their ailment is electronic eugenics. Rather than of course, humans uh, supposedly have control of the system. Are they being manipulated by the machine itself to actually create this new type of implanted uh, library based on ethnicity and ailments? 
think anyone who understands what eugenics is would think that this is a weird one. This is a cybernetic eugenics. And let me see here. I want to play the audio from their um, from their promo video for you guys as the audience, just so you can hear their promo video. This is GlaxoSmithKline's bioelectronics video. This system is nature's information superhighway. It controls end organ function by modulating activities such as molecular release and muscle tone. Over the last 300 years, our understanding of the nervous system has grown immensely, yet our ability to influence it and treat disease remains limited. Devices that harness electrical impulses to modulate muscle tone and neurotransmission do currently exist. But, leaving aside the complexity of the brain, we believe that recent technological advances provide us with a way to achieve precision neuromodulation in the peripheral nervous system. Within peripheral nerves, we plan to selectively target bundles of axons with an entity that can read and write the signaling patterns passing through these fibers. These devices will treat disease at the point of the end organ. In the longer term, we want to read and write the action potentials that travel in each of these individual axons. To achieve this specificity, we will attach the device to the nerve bundle in question. The device itself could be electrical, perhaps taking the form of conductive polymers, wires or nanotubes. These could be inserted into the fascicles to trigger the activity of specific axons. Or it could be optical, involving fluorescent nano-reporters. Alternatively, these micro-devices could be electromagnetic or ultrasonic in nature, wrapping around the fascicle, reading action potentials and writing code. Through such precision, we believe these bioelectronic medicines will not only be a new avenue for treating disease, but they will have greater therapeutic benefit and fewer side effects. That, that's not the entire video. I just wanted to stop there. Sorry about that um, high volume at the at the beginning, but um, you, you see how convincing the the narrator's voice is in introducing this as electronic medicine in the name of medicine. And I know you guys couldn't see the visuals there. But there are different types of devices that they have created that, and even one of the concepts that they've created is to attach these around nerve bundles. And one being um, sending electromagnetic signals through the nerves um, at a microscopic scale. Um, Nancy, in your opinion, Having a type of implant that can read your information and write, which is provide a stimuli to your nerves, uh, electromagnetically, how is that healthy for us? Do you, do you think that there's a possible way that these implants could be harming the nerves rather than 
being medically uh, sufficient? Well, before I do that, before I let somebody do that to me, I tell you to shoot me. That uh, that's insanity to me. First off, if you, we know from the work of um, uh, Royce, uh, Reich, uh, Raymond Royce, Reich, Reich, Royce Raymond Reich, that you can heal the body electromagnetically. Back in the 30s, he was doing this work. And then he was shut down. Well, they told him, you can't do this work because we can make weapons out of this. Okay, so that's where that part of the science sort of went dead in the water as far as we're concerned. The fact that you can use electromagnetic energy to heal is absolutely well known and very well pro proven. But you can do it exterior to the body. You're not... To, 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 to take over the neural circuitry, the biological God-given circuitry and give it over to some kind of a, I don't care if it's, it's electromagnetic or some kind of a mechanical thing, that's absolutely giving over your human right, your free will, your, your concept of, of somebody being special because you're just giving yourself over to this stuff, so no. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah, and they're taking in the name of medicine. You know, I know um, in the name of uh, national security, there are different projects. Uh, I'm not going to go into those today. Uh, maybe a little bit. Got about ten minutes left. I think. Well, how long do I have left right now, Nancy? Eight minutes. No, I'll give you. I'll give you another. Uh, you know, take. Let's see. We got seven. I give you another fifteen minutes. All right. All um, right. Just cool. Cosmic reality show because of the technical problems. That's cool. Um, I think that some of the possible side effects that would come along with this, of course, you know, is giving away your free will. Um, in the name of medicine, thinking that this uh, electronic medicine is going to heal you. Um, come on, guys. Come on, people take a walk go outside get into nature if you can't walk do what you can to get outside and be in nature um i think that helps a lot helps me a lot or i mean put some nature into your body you know uh there are lots of plants out there that help by um uh, putting them into your body um by god's grace um i think a few of the side effects would be um Things like over overstimulation of the targeted areas, um, the body could completely reject the implant. I would say extreme nervousness, um, like chronic shaking, probably uncontrollable twitching, probably uh, extreme sensitivity to electronic devices, um, possibly even leading to elect electromagnetic interference and the shutdown of the implant um, and and definitely rupturing and inflammation of the tissue around the implant leading to tumors and cancer so with one you know GlaxoSmithKline being one of those what are they probably one of the top 10 uh, chemical medical companies that exists in collaboration with Google's dad uh, Alphabet Incorporated it's, isn't that a weird one? Where, where does where, electronics and medicine come in? Electronic medicine. Such a weird one. Such a weird one. Um, 
I, I guess moving on from from that, um, you know, we need to take a just a back step from the electronic medicine and go into some of these other weird technologies. Um, anyone who listens to Call to Actions know that I like digging into the weird technologies. Um, how about lightning? Could DARPA use that as a tool of war? And to anyone who doesn't know, DARPA, that's Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. Just look them up. They're involved in uh, in cyborg soldier research and development, known as NESD, uh, Neural Engineering... Uh, shit, excuse my language. <laughs> I forgot what the acronym was. It's been so long. Had to, um, uh, sorry, Neural Engineering Systems and Design. Uh, please forgive me for using that word over the air. I really... I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Um, lightning. To many, lightning is just one of those fascinating natural wonders of our planet, right? Uh, this does not escape the attention of anyone, including war profiteers. The, Advent, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency is presently funding universities with our taxes to develop ways of manipulating, harnessing, creating, and blasting lightning to designated areas onto Earth's surface. Real life rays of death with death intended. The Florida Institute of Technology, uh, the DARPA funded Terra project, T-E-R-A, has a, a really interesting, uh, really interesting project going on uh, for lightning uh, uh, genesis. You can go to, uh, yeah, use your favorite search engine. Go to uh, Florida Institute of Technology, T-E-R-A project. It's a lightning um, creation project. Uh, no human would consider inventing terrifying weapons that are made specifically to tear lives apart in the name of keeping a country free, would they? The inhumans would choose otherwise. Among the most bloodthirsty is the notorious DARPA. DARPA funds, obligates universities and small businesses to stay on the cutting edge of technology to create new militaristic applications of weaponry that the planet has never seen. Among the newer advances is the initiation and propagation of lightning. The areas of study here are very destructive military weaponry, use of radar, microwaves and acoustics to artificially create lightning in storm clouds as well as starting and diffusing hurricanes. Within United States Patent 20130015260A1 published January 13th 2013, that's 11313. The abstract is written. This patent describes a scientific explanation for what causes lightning and thunder and how to replicate it using high frequency sound waves such as radar and microwaves. The uses for this are mainly military weaponry and weather modification. This is a very high energy weapon and is capable of great damage if not used properly. Uses of this invention include missile defense, aiming at a 
nuclear missile to disable all electrical and electronic systems with electromagnetic pulses of lightning and break the missile apart with the concurrent shockwave of thunder. Other uses include installing the devices in airplanes, helicopters, and tanks to fire lightning and thunder upon whatever it is aimed at. Air-to-air -air combat, air-to-ground combat, ground-to-air combat, tank-to-ground combat. This technology could obsolete guns and fired projectiles if widespread military utilization is made. System can be used to either start or defuse a hurricane. The system and the science behind it are all new and never before described concepts and ideas and a revolutionary utilization of radar, microwaves, and acoustics. May this be the future of warfare, uh, presently being tested by universities under the award of DARPA? Exclude me, anyone with an empathetic heart and soul would choose not to take part in this. Through collective action and consciousness, we do have the power to diffuse this technology at the source. Stay united, guys. And again, uh, thank you for listening to, uh, to some of my, my old works of, um, um, I guess you could say works of literature that just really didn't have a, much of a chance to get out. But um, I'm glad I wrote them so that now that a Call to Actions podcast can listen to some of it and a Cosmic Reality crowd can listen to it. And um, Nancy, uh, thank you for your input on a few of those things. Um, it's been a long time since I've really even been able to, to talk about that stuff. It'll be interesting if we, we, we do see... Um, I mean, we Actually, we are seeing this type of technology in the... Um, I would say not the mainstream, but the mainstream underground. <laughs> We're seeing um, you know, these uh, direct energy weapons come out in the uh, the mainstream underground news so haven't you seen that that kind of stuff oh oh absolutely i mean you you, you what i what impresses me about you is you go and you get the the information on the patents now for all we know these patents are set up to make you find it and and you tell us and we all get scared and we all give up Okay, so this is pretty overwhelming type of information. However, there is a tremendous amount of information regarding the secret space program. Uh, I, you know, I like to play devil's advocate. I'll argue against something that I really think is true just because I think it's got weaknesses in it. But it's very difficult to argue against that particular concept of the secret space program. And obviously, if we, if we accept the existence of ETs, and we accept the fact that they've got weapons and, and knowledge way beyond what we're capable of doing uh, right now, but maybe not in the future. But if they wanted to do something bad to us, they would have already done it. So you've got them sitting there kind of watching this play out. And I do believe that it, it's a crisis, you know, it's the, it's the dark night of the soul. You know, where is humanity going to fall on this stuff? Are we going to reject that concept of why do we need these weapons? 
why do we need weapons? Why do we have to go there? You know, so it's a choice of paths. And I just really admire the way that you uh, you put this out there and that you've carried this information, you know, long before some other people have. So, um, yeah, uh, we'll get this show out one way or another. Well, <laughs> we may have, well, have to get with you on this. Yeah, well, I appreciate you letting uh, a call to actions be part of the Cosmic Reality family. Uh, very much appreciated. You know, we're we're in this together, and we gotta we gotta do what we can and contribute what we can to save the future. You know, and uh, without good, reliable information and uh, input, it's not gonna get done. So again, I thank you, Nancy Hopkins at Cosmic Reality uh, Radio Station. Uh, for putting on a call to actions live on Tuesday, 5 to 6 Eastern Time. You can go to calltoactions.com to read these articles. Just go to uh, articles, investigations, and there are about nine articles per page. Just hit the back, go down to the bottom, and hit the, the uh, previous investigations, and you'll go all the way to the back and read some of. Uh, some of my older stuff up to some of the newer stuff. Um, I've kind of focused, changed my focus from writing articles for uh, the website um, to doing podcasts. Although I am writing articles um, regarding a class action lawsuit in Portsmouth, Ohio that we've been directly involved in. Uh, so everything's going, going well. And uh, no matter... No matter what life throws you, if you feel like you're not doing enough or no matter what you do, you think it's not powerful enough, there's always someone out there who wants to hear what you have to say. Remember that. You're not alone. Stay resistant. And to those who are hearing us, you are the resistance. Stay united. 